and welcome to the sweet spot on a farm episode 74 if this is your first episode and perhaps you just randomly tuned in and have no idea what to expect the sweet spot on a farm is a podcast about health and food it is my search for an answer to how can we achieve healthy body and mind with the resources that are available to us locally and I'm looking at what we can do to improve our health and what and how we eat to support it. I bring in some interesting guests who have a lot of valuable information to share and who can provide us with the tools we need to lead a healthy, happy lifestyle that is personal to each and every one of us. Now, I did say this podcast is about health and food. And even though this episode may not fall into that category at first glance, we're going to talk about why co-housing projects may impact our health and how so I'm not on a farm today I'm in the middle of a massive field in Portaferry and if you remember back in episode 26 Heiko and I chatted about permaculture um, this must have been way before the whole COVID craziness but I do remember Heiko mentioning co-housing projects and now years later I am super happy to um, catch up with Heiko once again to talk about the very thing co-housing project and a particular one that he jumped started right on his doorstep in Porta Ferry. Hello. Hello. Excuse the um, the occasional interruptions by Finn the dog who um, keeps bringing his balls here. Oh yes. So we have we have a uh, we have Heiko's dog here, Finn, and he's very excited to be on the field. Um, and he has a ball, and he kind of um, <laughs> he wouldn't rest until the ball is thrown. But Finn, we can't be spending the entire podcast throwing you a ball. <laughs> we can do that after. Balls in a no balls in a pocket. Balls in a pocket. Finn looks very confused. <laughs> Not particularly happy about a ball in a pocket. <laughs> so um Heiko. Yes. Co-housing project. Finn no. Off. Finn positioned himself strategically towards the mic so Heiko couldn't take his position. <laughs> so we're sitting on this field. It's it's um essentially it's it's a housing development that is uh, shut up. That is led by um, uh, the residents itself. Um, so we, we've uh, spent the last year and a half designing it. Um, it's, uh, it's, got, it's got community at its heart. Um, so all decisions are made by consens- on a consensus basis. Um, <coughs> and we've purchased this, this field here about two years ago now. Um, well, three three of the uh, p- uh, people of the of the project have um, uh, purchased this field uh, with uh, uh, within a development area of Portaferry, just on the edge of Portaferry. And um, yeah, as I say, we've now they, they, there's going to be a common house uh, for people to meet up in, and um, um, and the whole project is also designed to be to have minimal impact on the environment. Um, there's going to be lots of green space. We've got 13 and a half acres here. Um, and uh, we've literally just about a month ago uh, put in for planning permission. Uh, so the application for planning permission. This sounds amazing. I mean, 13 and a half acres, that's a lot. It um, is. And uh, so I can see that you already showed me you guys planted some trees here. So there's going to be um, a little forest, a little food forest, yeah. as you call it. Um, so, so how, where, how did this idea of community living started? I mean, 
Uh, we said that we we're going to talk about how co-housing relates to health, but I think it's pretty clear that number one, it's community living and we've people always lived in communities. We need other people um, for social interactions, but this is taking it to another level because you're talking about sustainability, sustainability, little environmental impact. Yeah. How did it all? The idea of co-housing started in the 70s in Denmark. Um, they came up with the whole idea. It's kind of a hybrid thing between an eco-village and um, uh, intentional living um, but um, th where people also have their private spaces so um, um, a lot of a lot of uh, um, intentional uh, shut up <laughs> apparently he wants to talk about that <laughs> uh, a lot of intentional uh, communities sort of fail at, at not people not agreeing on how to live together and, and all this sort of thing so people will have their private spaces everybody has their own private house uh, with everything in it um, but then there's uh, it, it is built so that uh, you are you are close to your neighbors and and people support each other um, within the community and then there's going to be the common house where a lot of the, uh, a lot of things will be happening we'll be where we have sort of communal meals not all the time but sort of maybe once a week or something uh, where there's going to be facilities like a like a communal kitchen um, children's play area a library um, guest rooms for, for for guests so again so the, the the private houses can be kept a little bit smaller because if you have guests you can put them into the into the um, common house there's going to be a, a hot desk um, office area in the common house for people who are working from home, um, so they have a have a space to do that. And so, so that there's a lot happening within within the like a centralized area. Um, the other thing also is that um, we'll have um, um, centralized parking, um, so uh, people don't park the car outside the house. But at a, at a designated car park, we'll be doing a lot of car sharing, have electric charging points and things like that. Um, so the, the whole uh, site, the, the site as a, as, a, as a whole will be pedestrianized. There will be vehicular access for emergencies or if you have to transport something heavy. But basically people park at the car park and um, go back to their houses. And um, so uh, that, that there's... A really nice safe area. We want an intergenerational mix, <clears throat> including children, obviously, so that children have, have a safe place to 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 wander around. And um, so we're trying to um, prioritize um, active means of transport, um, i.e., walking, cycling, um, taking the bus um, over over car use. This sounds this sounds amazing. I want to live there. <laughs> <laughs> this this. It sounds really, I mean, it sounds really ideal, especially for bringing up children. It sounds like a really safe environment, obviously teaching children about being kind to the nature and kind to the environment mm. and live in a really sustainable way. Yes, absolutely. And um, I mean, we have a lot of green area as well. I mean, there's going to be 32 uh, dwellings. Um, in various sizes, from one bedroom to up, all the way up to five bedroom, depending on family size, obviously. And um, and we have a lot of green area um, still uh, to play with. Uh, in fact, we're selling off about three acres or so to, for for a separate development, partially to to uh, recuperate some some capital and partially uh, because it's basically too big the site. Um, so uh, we've planted um, about fifteen hundred trees last winter. Um, 
most of them native. Um, there's, there's a whole border uh, of trees. This is all going to be forests down there. Um, plus the food forest, obviously, as well, with, with all manner of fruit trees and nut trees and things. So... Um, Finn likes it. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So there's going to be a lot of green areas. We're gonna. Uh, there's a whole area just over the hill there, which is going to be rewilded completely. It's sort of prone to flooding anyway, so we'll, we'll just leave it as a wetland um, and and have it rewilded as well. So um, there's this uh, huge amount of um, green space, but on the other hand, we are right on the edge of Port of Ferry, so we have um, we're in walking distance. Finn. <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> He's a lot to say today. <laughs> so we have, we have a, we're in walking distance to all the facilities in Port of Ferry. Port of Ferry is a, is a small, town, large village, small town. Um, there's sort of a debate about whether we're a village or a town, but it has all the facilities <laughs> um, in, in, in terms of shops and, 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 and schools and uh, library and, and everything. So um, it's 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 a really nice place. It's it's close to the sea. Um, so yeah. So the house designs are also going to be um, uh, built in in, in uh, reference to the sea. They're kind of wave shaped. Uh, they have asymmetrical um, uh, roofs. So the south facing. They're going to be also aligned north south, um, so that the living area gets maximum sun sun exposure, um, and. Um, uh, almost passive houses. Um, so, um, uh, but the 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 the, the, su the southern facing roof will be larger. Uh, so it'll be an asymmetrical roof. Um, so there's going to be plenty of space for um, solar panels and, and and things like that. So um, we, we try to sort of uh, produce a lot of our own energy as well. <clears throat> this is amazing. That must have been. Uh quite uh, an interesting project for uh, for an architect to design we have a really good architect on board uh, um, uh, murray bell um, he's got a lot of experience in in, in sustainable uh, housing designs um, and uh, so yeah we, we've been really lucky that he's he's in fact so much into our project that he wants to buy a pro property here as well to rent out so be part of the uh, part of the uh, project so yeah this this is really I mean if I was in a different position I would absolutely jump at an opportunity to live in one of these houses because it sounds it sounds like a place I would absolutely love to live. Yeah, I mean it's 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 it makes so much sense in a lot of ways. I mean it's going to be slightly more expensive to build than uh, your conventional house. Uh, but um, it'll immortalize a lot of. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's gonna be immortal. <laughs> yes, that as well, yes. You get your money back. Eventually. You'll get your um, money back because your yeah. heating costs and, and energy costs are gonna be so low, especially with the prices going up like crazy everywhere. Yeah, you basically get your return investment in yes, terms exactly. of... Yes, exactly. And then in, in also in terms of car sharing, things like that. I mean, sort of the, the money we spend on our individual cars and that, that are parked for 95% of the time. Um, so, I mean, like it makes just so much sense in, 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 every, in every way. And you're in, um, you're in a beautiful area. I mean, you're so close to sea mm -hmm. as well. The... the, the the nature around the sea is just it is incredible and you have so much wildlife i mean we just just before we hit record there was a massive massive swarm of birds just a couple of hundred meters away from us 
huge just the flying over the fields um and it's just the greenery you're gonna have so many trees here this is this is really um environment where like bringing up kids perfect it's it's perfect yep so close to nature and yeah i think it's important it, especially today with the way we live the modern living um kids often don't get to spend as much time in nature but if you're right in the middle of it yes we're also planning um, over there somewhere a, a communal garden so for food growing and um, so um, basically uh, we sort of we were discussing first whether we should do allotments where everybody does their own thing but um, i said no let's do this just together and everybody contributes to their own abilities and and, and time restraints and um, and we'll, we'll just um, grow our food together and then, and then obviously we have a communal kitchen where we can preserve a lot of stuff and and, and things like that so uh, so that there'll be all these aspects to it as well so it's really nice do you know it's it reminds me of um, you know some of uh, the various native tribe and some of the some of the communities where uh, the village community would bring up the children together rather Absolutely. than just one family that sounds like that to me when you're talking about the community garden it's the entire community will be teaching each other yes. learning together <clears throat> to grow food and teaching the kids exactly exactly and i mean as you say also bringing up the kids together and things like child care or something like that you know you need you need a babysitter you just drop them with your neighbors or something or or if uh, the elderly uh, once they need a bit of help sort of thing you know all you need is uh, whatever you know one of the neighbors and yeah help, help you whatever bring the bin out or or take it to town or whatever things like that so so that uh, that's why we're really keen on having this intergenerational um, as much as possible it's oh my god <laughs> sign me up please <laughs> this this really is it sounds so ideal um I, how many houses did you say you're gonna have 32 32 um have you how many investors have you got so far around about 10 so you still technically you still have 22 houses yes to, yeah this is amazing guys if you're listening to this and if portafari is somewhere where you'd like to live or if community housing is something you would like to move for absolutely you have to get in touch you have to look at this mm. because this is an opportunity that doesn't come around very often mm. this is amazing it, it's the first project of its kind in on the island of ireland um, there isn't another one. There's there's about sixty uh, live projects in in Britain, uh, but none on the island of Ireland at the mo at, at this moment. There are various groups trying to work towards this uh, the, the the same aim, but um, it's always uh, not having the land um, and ha having an investor to to. Uh, luckily, we had three people who had a bit of spare cash behind the sofa um, and uh, could buy this um, this property. Um, so um, uh, we were very lucky in that in that sense. So eventually, what what will happen is that um, the people who are signing up for this project, they will become members of Portofino Co-housing Limited, uh, which is a company that we've set up, um, non-for-profit, obviously. Um, and as you are a member, you become a director of the company. Uh, the company will then buy the land off the three investors um, so that they get their money back um and uh, so we we'd be um 
we anybody who lives here, including renters, uh, owns this place. Uh, this is going to be communally owned. Um, all the, all the, obviously, except for the freeholds that you own yourself, um, but I mean, sort of the common house is going to be um, everybody who lives here owns one thirty thirty tooth. One part of it, anyway. <laughs> um, this this really is quite something. I, I'm totally blown away. Finn is too. He has a lot to say about it. You like that idea, Finn, don't you? Running around around it. community forest. <laughs> he's he's so excited by that. He I think he tells you to hurry up, build this place, hurry up. <laughs> um. So we talked about what it's going to look like. You're going to have 32 houses, one to five bedroom. You're going to have communal parking. You're going to have community garden. You're going to have communal house that will have workspace and a couple of guest rooms and communal dining and kitchen. And you're going to have food forest and a wetland and places to walk. And now what was the reaction of the local residents to this did, did have you have you have you been given any feedback or what what, what yes, is it yes. like in Porto Frey? we were very keen on on involving the local community obviously we've done a public consultation which is part of the planning pro process anyway and we've um, leafleted especially the immediate neighbors um, um, and um, talked to a lot of them um, there's this um, to be fair, especially in the early stages, um, the the reactions were rather mixed. People were very confused as to what we were doing. Um, some people thought it was some kind of social housing um, development, uh, which it isn't clearly. Um, and other others um, thought we were a bunch of um, pedophile hippies or something, you know, uh, drug dealers and, and um, God knows what sort of thing, you know. So we, we, it, it took a lot of talking to... Uh, locals to allay the fears there's still a couple of people who are not entirely happy but i think it's mostly because they don't understand what I, what we're trying to do um, i mean the sort of um we've, i've talked to quite a few of the local businessmen as well and i mean they're they're really quite happy because um uh, one of the ethos of what we're doing is sort of, um, um, active transport i.e sort of shop local as well and things like that so the local local um, trades people are quite happy with this so um uh, yeah it, it, it's it's been a, it's been a bit of a wrestle to to convince people because i mean people obviously this is a this is a, a small community and pe especially sort of um original portofariites um they're they're sort of a, a little bit um suspicious of anything uh, a bunch of tinies arriving here sort of thing you know so we've um we've, we've had recently a lot less negative um, um responses and more positive responses so i guess it takes time for people to understand <clears throat> um about the ethos and what the project is gonna look like and who's gonna live here mm. the first response it's i think it's in human nature the first response is fear and uh mm distrust yes uh, but um, I think you said it's been almost three years in sort of making and progressing so yeah. I think talking about it and getting the message out there and the more it's talked about the more people will maybe listen and understand and then 
start to warm up to the idea? It's it's uh, uh, living in in Portofari already. I, um, I I know that they have a that there's there's a, re, there's a fairly good community as it is actually sort of of the original inhabitants, and um, I've been I've I've felt very welcome here as a blow-in. So uh, I think people will come around to the idea sort of thing once they realize where. We're quite harmless and <laughs> Finn's going to persuade them apparently. Uh, yeah, that's He's it. very vocal about it. <laughs> Give us one second. <laughs> oh, Finn got locked in the car. <laughs> he got banished. Right, poor poor right. dog poor dog got banished now. <laughs> right. So if you were to advertise this idea to potential house buyers to potential community members why should one consider buying a house in community housing well i mean apart from the community aspect obviously itself um there's um i mean it won't be for everybody i mean you uh, if you're if you're a recluse and prefer to be locked in your own home and watch the tv then this is not for you um they um for, anybody who obviously there's going to be some kind of vetting pro process of who we're going to even accept um and um so um it has to get on with the general ethos of it all and 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 um you commit to a certain a few hours of work around the community because we'll be maintaining everything um the land the, the houses the uh, sorry the common house the um the, the trees the, the garden the, the roads partially. I mean, we have a main access road which is going to be adopted by by um, the the um, road authorities. Um, but all all the pedestrianised routes around the around the place they're going to be not non adopted. In other words, we have to uh, maintain them ourselves, including lighting and, and and whatever any any erosion or damage or whatever. So. Uh, um, there's there's going to be a certain amount of commitment that we would ask of any member and you'd sign for that um, so um, uh, so you'd, you'd have to be you'd have to want to do that um, but um, uh, on the other hand I mean um, the, the saving in the cost of living alone um, is, 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 is definitely something that I'm I'm for me, is a big thing. Where I'm, I'm, I'm on low income, um, and not having to uh, pay much for energy, uh, heating. Um, I mean, at the moment where I live, um, is, is three miles at a time. So if every any time I want to go to the shops, I have to jump in the car basically, or take the dog for a walk. Um, so uh, um, here, I walk at the door and just walk into Porto Ferry and. Uh, there's plenty of greenery to walk around and so I mean like um, um, and then shared car so I mean car insurance car maintenance all these sort of things it's going to be just so much uh, so much lower um, in, in the long run so um, and then I'm not getting any younger um, so um, if if ever I'm, I'm less fit than I am than I am now um, and also with with my wife who's got her, her own um, Visibility essentially, um, so having having community support is just going to be such a, uh, a help, basically. I think for mental health, living in a community can definitely be an amazing thing mm. for for people. Absolutely, yes, absolutely.
But as you said, this might not be for everyone. I can I can imagine that um, not everyone would like to live in a community like that. It it might take a while to find the right people because I think we are accustomed to being in our own little worlds, um, a little bit disconnected yes, from other exactly, people and yeah, from yeah. the rest of the society. So while this sounds absolutely ideal environment to grow up in because you grow up connected to people and uh, being among people with you grew up with socially engaged and understanding um, social engagement it, it might be something alien to most people who don't live in that kind of environment yeah. or who don't engage with people very much on a daily basis yeah do you do you think that you're gonna have difficulty fill up the rest of the 22 houses i mean how has it been going so far where do you guys look for potential community members for for investors and how's how's that side of the things been going because while this sounds incredibly ideal and all you know happy and flowers and butterflies i'm pretty sure you've had to jump through many hurdles um, and obviously the last hurdle is actually sell the houses and get community members to create the community because you can have the houses you can have the forest you can have the communal house you can have the community parking but essentially you need people to create the community yeah absolutely uh, we've been doing sort of stuff on the likes of facebook and and and, and things like that so uh we've been, we've been in the local papers and um it's one in Belfast Telegraph. I'm not sure if it's been out yet or not, um, but uh, yeah. So we've we've uh, we've done a bit of outreach work, and now that we're finally finished with the design work, which took a took a long time, um, uh, where we'll be uh, concentrating on on more outreach work um, now. The, the the idea is that we'll probably I mean depending I mean unless something incredible happens we we we're building in phases, i.e. we're building the the common house and uh, however however many houses we have people for to start off with, and then um, add on as 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 more people join, um, that's that's kind of the, the 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 way we're looking at at the moment. So um, we've got we've actually have a we've had a an introduction meet uh, Zoom meeting a couple of weeks ago, and we have uh, a site visit on I don't know when this is going out, but it's on the twelfth of February. Um, so uh, where, where a few, few few people who were on that information meeting and come and have a look and meet us and and uh, we'll be planting trees that day as well so uh but yeah so the the, the way we people if they want to join uh, is basically um you first express an interest and then you have an induction meeting of sorts um in person is generally better but um these days everything goes on zoom and we've had people who had interest from various parts of the country um, including England as well um, so we've, we we have um, uh, people from from various places already um, um, joining in uh, so usually these meetings happen on, on zoom but uh, we always recommend um, a site visit <coughs> even when people can make it <coughs> so as I say on, on the on the 12th uh, February we'll have a we'll have a group coming here giving giving them a bit of a tour um, and um, a bit more in-depth um, uh, induction, 
and then if people are still interested they start joining our regular meetings uh, which up, to, up until now has happened weekly now that we have slightly less to talk about it'll be fortnightly on a monday night um, again on zoom because we're geographically spread um, and um, so um, basically um, uh, to join those meetings for three months and then you'll decide whether you like us or we like you or vice versa or um, and uh, our way of working I mean sort of decision making is slower than traditionally because everything is done on a consensus basis which means essentially that um, oh wow oh, some nice language <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that did not belong to the podcast just, <laughs> by the way it's quite close to the road <laughs> um, so so uh, yeah so the, basically the consensus uh, thing is that um, not everybody has to wholeheartedly agree to every decision that's made uh, but you'd be uh, at, at least you'd be able to live with the decision sort of thing you know we sort of try and work around to find a compromise that everybody can at least live with even if it's not your maybe preferred option um, uh, it, um, it, it's it's uh, you, you, you're fine with the decision, so it, it takes a little while to, to to come around to this to to um, to make decisions. And, and as I say, the the design process alone took us a year and a half. So um, and we're now finally at the end of it, which um, I'm much to our <laughs> relief. I guess uh, that's sort of one of the aspects of living in a community like this, isn't it? That it's almost like a large extended family. I mean, you have your own house, you have your own space, you have your own tiny family unit. But at the same time, there is this aspect of the community living when all your neighbors are almost like a large extended family. So you kind of... Uh, you really need to get on with people. You need to. You don't need to be the best of friends. You don't need to be best mates and constantly hang out with each other. But getting on and being friends to a certain extent with your neighbors in that community, I think it's really important. Because if you absolutely hate someone, you don't want to live in a community with them. Yes, I mean, this, um, obviously, there's been some experience with uh, with co-housing, um, mostly in what Denmark now is, as, as I don't know, something like two percent of housing stock is now um, co-housing in Denmark. Um, uh, so they have a, have uh, some fifty years experience with this now, um, and also co-housing projects in England and the USA and things like that. So there's been some years of experience with with this type of living, and they've come up with. Um, um, an ideal number of um, households, um, uh, so uh, 32 being the the, the the top limit, basically. Um, <laughs> you're pushing it, Heiko, <laughs> with the 32 houses. Then but, you're pushing it. But basically, yeah. But basically, <laughs> so I mean, uh, if it's too small, then um, if you don't get on with somebody, then it's becoming a problem. Uh, if it's too big, then decision making becomes impossible, sort of thing. So basically, it's sort of finding the right balance. You don't have to be best buddies with everybody, but you have to be kind of aligned um, on 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 the ideas of what you what you want to achieve there. So and I mean, like sustainability and things like that are, are sort of um, big on big uh, issues there that that were that were feeling quite strongly about and and um, and community living living and um, having regular uh, meals together and, and, and taking turns and 
doing stuff around the place and, 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 and all that so yeah this sounds lovely it really sounds like helping each other um you know and living i guess it's essentially uh living by the same principles and working towards the same goal wanting the same things and um, yeah I, I mean the regular meals together with the entire community it sounds amazing it's like come dine with me on steroids yeah, <laughs> essentially yeah. it's it sounds absolutely beautiful working together i think um uh, what is the saying um couple who eats together stays together yeah yeah i think having meals together with other people especially with friends or family or in within community that you live with people you live with it is such a people connector isn't it people really connect over food yeah absolutely absolutely and i mean on that that same space can obviously be used for other things as well whatever events or yoga, yoga classes or or whatever you know little concerts or you know um, stuff like that so it's it's it's, it's a big space that we've designed um, so that you can do all sorts of stuff together there as well, but I mean, yeah, so the, 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 the eating together is, is, is one of them. <laughs> it sounds like there is um, this opportunity for everyone to uh, chip in with their individual talents, to, to use for the benefit of the community, to showcase their talents and help out and maybe teach other people. It's, it's, there are so many aspects of, of the, this kind of living that I absolutely love. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, it, it, it is as we had sort of some some more elderly people sort of saying, oh, you know, what can I contribute? You know, so well, you can contribute your, your experience and whatever, even even a bit of childcare here or there sort of thing, you know, sort of a drop drop your kids off, off, off with um, the lady from next door or something, you know. So, I mean, we're obviously not going to be expecting um, an octogenarian to um, go and um, mow the lawn or something, you know. <laughs> I think this is this childcare you mentioned a, a few times now, and I think that is a big um, sort of plus, something that would really appeal to, to families who would like to live by these principles and live sustainably and live within the community. Uh, because childcare is so expensive, and for many young families, where both parents full time work, childcare is just not affordable. It's It's. It is so expensive, Absolutely, so yeah. having an opportunity for, it's almost like, um, it's, it's, it's exchange, isn't it? People helping each other in this way, I think this is what our society needs to reach out and be able to, you know, extend a helping hand to somebody who needs it and yeah. be friendly. And I mean, it costs nothing to be kind. Exactly, and exactly. Who else to be kind to your friends, family, and to your neighbors? Yes, exactly, exactly. This is this is exactly the idea. So, yeah. <laughs> this sounds absolutely awesome. I uh, honestly, if I was in, a, if if my life was slightly at a different place right now, I would absolutely sign up because it really does sound ideal. And right now, the sun came up. Indeed. And we can see the beautiful light over the. I can. I mean, you do need a bit of imagination because where we're standing right now, it's just we're looking at fields. We're looking at fields and uh, just new planted trees and hedges, and shrubs. So you have to have imagination. But the land is absolutely huge, and what I really like about this that um, and we talked about it before 
we started recording but there are many new built houses built all around the country and when you look at the 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 size of land that you get with each new build is getting smaller and smaller by year and essentially what you end up with is how i mean i grew up thinking that when somebody has a house you have a house and to a house there belongs a garden and my idea of a garden is somewhere where you can run around as a child where you can grow food now with years the sizes of gardens with houses became smaller and smaller and smaller the sizes of houses became smaller and smaller and smaller and if you look at new builds now your average two or three bedroom new build is a rabbit cage it's there yep. the houses are tiny absolutely mm. tiny you have you have bedrooms where you're lucky if you can turn around if there's a double bed in it and the size of land you can't even talk about a land because they're literally shoebox sized backyards they're not even gardens i mean if you get a new build today with a decent sized garden where you can actually grow something then you're incredibly lucky or you had to pay an absolute fortune for the house so what i like about this is the amount of land you get Yes. It's incredible. And yes, most of it is communal. There are also going to be private gardens and they're going to be decent sized private gardens. This is partially we've done this because um, uh, if you have too much uh, common land, um, it, uh, there, there, may, there may be issues about looking after it all. So we've, we've actually given them all decent sized gardens, um, private gardens. You can keep those open to the, uh, as open or closed as you want. You can uh, put hedging around it and have a private space or you can keep it open and have any everybody all, or your neighbors walking over it just depending on your own disposition. But basically uh, there there is a decent sized private garden to a, a each house as well. The, the houses themselves are relatively small. However, they are designed really well because we have this really very good architect on board. So they are designed that they are, I mean, sort of um, like open plan uh, living room, kitchen thing with, um, I mean, the, the, the other thing is they're all going to be orientated directly south. Um, I mean, as you notice, this, this side is sloping slightly. It is sloping to the north, which is not ideal, but it's uh, the, what we have. Um, but all the houses are going to be, the, the living area is going to be facing directly south with Full glass frontage, so you get all the sunlight coming in, warming, warming you up. Um, and they're also, I mean, in a traditional housing uh, development. I mean, you see the road just just up there. Um, normally, they, they'd be fronted towards the road. This one is going to be um, built around the contours of the, of the hillside here. So it's it's going to be much more natural flow to this all, and, this, and, and because of the um, the uh, asymmetrical roof design. Um, it'll blend into the um, the uh, landscape a lot better than a traditional housing um, uh, development would be. See, this sounds amazing. So not only you get massive communal garden space and forest, you'll get actually decent sized gardens. So this this is really what mm. would appeal to me as well. That yeah. you you get it's it honestly. If anybody who's listening to this, if you guys want to get involved or even want to find out a little bit more about this, you need to get in touch because honestly, <laughs> this sounds way too good um, to last forever. And I'm pretty sure once this gets out properly, the houses will go very fast. So 
if anybody wants to get involved how can they do so who do they get in touch with how can they get in touch with um and how can they take things further to get more information well the f- first first one look at the website uh portofarycohousing.com maybe Housing. it'll come up <laughs> yeah exactly so uh, there's there's a, there's a, uh, a website which has the, the basic information on there there you can put yourself onto the mailing list um, or you can uh, just uh, there's there's a contact no contact details you just send an email and um, we'll get in touch with you and, and um, take it from there this sounds awesome Simple thank you very much for talking to me and I honestly I can't wait uh, to see the progress and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to stepping on this land one day with uh, filled with houses and and trees and yes um, there one one other one other li- little thing possibly a uh, um, timeline so we're obviously we just put in for for, for uh, planning permission um, and planners are um, a little bit confused as, as well as what we're trying to do here so <laughs> this may or may not take uh, quite some time um, so um, I mean we've been warned it could take anything up to two years um, however uh, rumor has it that um, they're not terribly busy at the moment and um, hopefully we'll, uh, we have apparently one uh, person at least in the planning department who sounded quite enthusiastic so hopefully we'll uh, top of the pile and a bit of luck it might be six months but we won't be building before 2024 um so i mean like um uh, if you're looking for someone to move immediately um uh, you can bring your tent along but um (laughs) (laughs) uh, it'll be a little while yet so i mean it could potentially be 2025 before we build but um, we're hoping we'll be building by next year See, this is something I actually didn't think about, that being its first project of its kind around here, it it actually didn't even occur to me that the planning guys might There's need to do a little bit of research because they obviously don't know what's happening. We have to write a very long um, document to explain why we were doing things. For example, our... Uh, our um, Central car parking only has about 35 uh, car parking spaces. Planning normally expects two and a half car parking spaces per household. Um, now we have to explain that we're looking into car sharing and uh, active transport and all that sort of thing that we will not need um, uh, however many 75 odd car parking spaces because that will be such a waste of space you know <laughs> so actually here's a, so, so that, that's actually there's a question so you live in this community housing and if somebody has family or friends visiting yes. um, how would that work if there's say by off chance there's few families maybe have people visiting and you run out of car parking space can people park outside will there be space to park outside people's houses or uh, ideally not put it that way um uh, in exceptional circumstances perhaps i mean we haven't discussed this particular thing yet and this is as with all other things is going to be a consensus decision in the end but um um, so, I mean, we, what, what we have discussed, so, for example, somebody moves in um, and um, we, we're encouraging elderly people to move to houses near the car park, but um, say you've moved in far away from the car park and then 
you become disabled for some reason or other, wheelchair bound or something like that. Uh, so we already said, look, in, in, a, in a case like that, yes, of course, you know, you can take your car uh, uh, to your house for that. You know, I mean, there, there, there'll be there'll be exceptions to the rules, sort of thing. You know, I mean, the, uh, these things are as all whatever is reason, reasonable, and um, um, and these we can make a decision on that sort of thing. You know, but um, uh, ideally, uh, no, we don't we don't want a pedestrian area. But but there will be bits where we can park somewhere, sort of thing. You know, say we have an event and fifty people turn up or something. You know, and. Um, well, we'll find a solution to, to it. But basically, uh, as far as the resident um, parking is concerned, we're hoping we'll, we can keep it down to 25 cars or something, you know. Well, I think, to be fair, that this is a problem pretty much everywhere. The good thing about here, I guess, is that we are... Where we are standing right now, I'm not sure where your car park is going to be, but uh, right opposite here, across the wall, there actually is... Um, a car park where I left my car exactly, yep. so it's actually um, it is actually quite convenient here but that's obviously one of the things that you I suppose come across as the project progresses and as you start building the houses and you start people imagining and talking about actually living here yeah I think these are the kind of things that might come up absolutely yes there'll be other things that come up and and, and we'll we'll cross those bridges and as, as we get to them sort of thing. I suppose Ponning Parvishan is the first bridge you need to cross so fingers exactly. crossed. Um, Heiko thank you so very much. Uh, this has been a really great chat. I am I am very impressed I have to say because when you first mentioned co-housing um, those few years ago I wasn't quite sure that would be something that would happen here <laughs> in our lifetime and you you being the person you're a doer you're definitely not you're a doer uh, you make things happen and I'm, I'm really impressed and I honestly I can't wait to come and have a look when uh, when it's built one day so um, all, all, all the all the best and I, I really you. wish your your planning permission will be will be ready as soon as possible and you can start building absolutely thank you <laughs> thank you www.portaferricohousing.org is the website to look at for more information and for some visuals it is a field at the minute but a pretty big one and at a really nice spot I do remember seeing Heiko's pencil drafts a few years ago and I couldn't quite believe the vision the man has. But as he says, um, community living is not for everyone. But to me, it does sound like something our society maybe have to turn towards if we want to live sustainably and maintain social interactions. Imagine living as self-sufficiently as possible, having solar panels and growing on food, having a fruit orchard on your doorstep and not having to buy apples, pears or cherries for your kids and for your entire family uh, whenever they're in season because you'd have plenty um, and as would your neighbors. Um, imagine sharing food with your neighbors giving and swapping so nothing goes to waste and imagine being able to drop your kids off next door if you can't get a babysitter or simply cannot afford one and imagine being able to help a neighbor in need 
knowing they would be there for you when you're in need as well and knowing there are 31 neighbors you can help and who can help you if you need it um and i know it sounds a little bit like a utopia but there are people actually living like that and it might not fit within the way we live in a modern society but people used to live like that and I think we really become incredibly disconnected from from other people and we just live in our own little worlds and we become a little bit self-centered really um and you know I while this is not for everyone to me it sounds like returning to almost tribal way of living perhaps it is the way forward um we never talked about house prices on the podcast but uh, i was chatting to heiko afterwards and um, they are trying to keep the prices as low as possible the good thing about being a member of this community um, and essentially an investor and also a co-director of the co-housing project um, you'd be paying house prices not inflated by profit and that is already way cheaper than any houses currently on the market that i guess is another plus um, being able to essentially have a share in a co-housing project and being able to buy a house for its cost uh, rather than inflated by tens of thousands of pounds of profit now um this podcast is also meant to be about food and uh, while Heiko did mention sharing meals and uh, making dinner for the community once in a while and growing, growing food in the community garden and having a food forest in the backyard, uh, we did completely forget to share a recipe. So I will share one myself, one that I discovered recently. Um, it is a recipe for an Italian flatbread um, so I've um, for the past about seven eight months um, I've been trying um, to um, go lactin free or low lactin um, diet for a while to fix a bit of a leaky gut I had going on and um, chestnut flour is one of the things that is allowed while well, you're not really meant to be eating too many baked goods and stuff so I'm trying to stay away from it but um, once in a while um, you know and when you need a little bit of a carby boost um, um, it's good to have a stash of uh, lectin-free flours and chestnut flour is one of them it turns out that it is a flour quite widely used in Italian traditional cuisine well in certain regions anyway so I uh, found this recipe when I was browsing online um, what to do with a chestnut flour um, and I did mention the recipe to Heiko uh, who having lived in Italy for a while did confirm that it is indeed a regional Italian recipe so here it is and um, it is called a castagnaccio no um, if there's any italian speakers out there please don't laugh at me i do not speak italian um i googled it about an hour ago how to pronounce it and i've forgotten already but it is an italian chestnut bread 
and you can find the recipe at deborahsnaturalgourmet.com. It is really quick and it is super easy to make. All you need is a cup and a quarter of chestnut chestnut flour, the same amount of water, one tablespoon of olive oil plus extra for drizzling, one teaspoon of sea salt, some pine nuts, some caraway seeds, and uh, same amount of sesame seeds, and uh, one teaspoon of rosemary. Um, you can use fresh or dried. Now, you all you need to do is to just blend the chestnut flour with sea salt and water, and mix it into a little runny dough. Then add uh, one tablespoon of the olive oil, and preheat your oven to 175 degrees fan assisted. Use a large pizza pan or something similar and pour the batter in the pan and shake the pan until it's evenly spread. Then sprinkle all the herbs and seeds over as evenly as possible and drizzle some extra olive oil all over it. Bake for 20 minutes until it's golden brown and crispy. Um, I prefer to eat it warm, so it's good to eat it as soon as it comes out of the oven. Um, but I had it um, stored in the fridge as well for two days and anytime I wanted to eat it I would just stick it in the oven for a couple of minutes to heat it up or you can put it in um, these toaster pouches and stick it in a toaster if you've got one um, and heat it up that way. I did eat it slightly cold as well but I do not like it so um, you can try either or and see what your preference is. It is absolutely delicious. Um, I personally do find it a little bit too sweet because chestnut flour is naturally quite sweet. Um, so you can add some extra salt and maybe some pepper. I'm a big fan of cayenne pepper. So um, I did the second time I made it, I added a pinch of cayenne pepper to make it a little bit spicy. And I did add quite a bit of extra, um, extra sea salt um, and it did make it a little bit more savory to my taste. But if you don't mind the bread to be on a sweeter side, just stick to the recipe. I will pop the link to this recipe on our social media. And Deborah's Natural Gourmet website has lots more to offer, so definitely do check it out. And uh, remember that all of our other recipes that we share on the podcast can also be found on our social media. If you look at the file section on our Facebook group page, you can download all these recipes as PDF files. And you can also grab the first 50 episode recipe collection in a single file as a cookbook for a small voluntary donation to Mind Your Mate and Yourself, which is a local charity based in Newcastle County Down. And this collection is also available um, via my mice own website. And Instagram also has our podcast recipes individually. Just search through our podcast posts if you're not on Facebook. And uh, the Sweet Spot cookbook is also still available. You can message me for a copy. It is listed on eBay. And if you are in Bangor County Down, you can grab one in Lightfoot. Or if you are near Belfast, you can grab it in Eatwell Foods on Lisbon Road. They still have a few copies available there. If you enjoyed this episode or any other, please leave us a review or rating on whichever platform you use to listen to this podcast. I will be very grateful if you do. And if you have any comments you'd like to share, suggestions or have a guest in mind that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please drop me a line on social media or email me at thesweetspot at gmail.com. 
Now, the frequency of the podcast has become uh, quite low and um, really random, but uh, life gets in a way and also I try to keep quiet unless I have something interesting to share, uh, meaning I um, simply wait for an interesting guest or a topic to come across and when the stars align, podcast happens. So fingers crossed, it's not too long till the next one. But for now, try and be kind to others, those in your community and beyond, because it costs nothing to be kind. And perhaps you might find that community living is something for you, or perhaps not. But in either case, whatever you do, uh, wherever you are, remember to stay healthy. Until next time. every week your host is myself Susanna from the sweet spot music by Mark J Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan thank you for listening mm-hmm.